0: Welcome to the Agents of Innovation Podcast, where we feature conversations with entrepreneurs, philanthropists, and artists. Hello, and welcome back to the Agents of Innovation Podcast. I am your host, Francisco Gonzalez, and we are now on episode 16. And I bet a few of you out there didn't think I was going to quite make it to episode 16. Well, we made it. And uh, there's been a little hiatus here. I have spent uh, a little bit of time in the month of March making a move from Tallahassee, Florida to Orlando, Florida. And so um, I've really gone from a kind of mid-sized city to a pretty large city here in Florida. And it's uh, it's been great. I've... Already missed Tallahassee a little bit, but um, not too much because I've been pretty well entertained here in Orlando, and I haven't even made it to Disney World yet. So, but don't worry, I'll make it over there soon enough. I um, really made the move. I've been in Tallahassee for over eight years. I really love uh, the town. I um, I actually wrote a blog on my website franciscogonzalez.us uh, titled "Farewell Tallahassee," kind of. And I say kind of because I still work for the James Madison Institute. Our main headquarters are in Tallahassee, and I will still make it there um, multiple times throughout the year, probably about once a quarter for various meetings and events that I need to be at up there. But I really travel the state so much in, with my job, uh, heading up all the donor relations and uh, advancement and membership uh, for the Institute. And the bulk of the population, let's face it, is not in the Florida Panhandle. It's really in South and Central Florida where I spend a lot of my time. so i uh, I debated a lot of different places to move uh, in Florida over the last couple years um, uh, to be more centrally located and really uh, what better place to be centrally located than in central Florida. So um, got a lot of friends here. Uh, got a lot of uh, great connections already, and I, I really have not been bored. I've been here. Uh, just about a month now at the timing of this recording. And so um, it's uh, it's been a great uh, time to get my feet wet here. But um, it's also been challenging uh, with a move, b- packing everything up, unpacking things, really trying to readjust uh, things in your life and stay organized and stay sane and keep doing your job and not taking days off. So it's uh, it's been a little uh, lag here in the... Um, trying to get this podcast going. But we have a fantastic guest lined up today, uh, my friend Steve Bierfeldt, who we'll hear from in a few minutes. And also, we're going to play a song at the end of this uh, podcast. I went ahead and picked out another song by the Radio Birds, who we had on episode 15. Uh, They, again, are from Atlanta, Georgia, and we're going to hear their song Paper Moon at the end of this podcast, which I think will be fitting Um, with our guest coming up here, Steve Bierfeld. In the meantime, uh, don't forget to check out the Facebook page, um, facebook.com backslash agents of, excuse me, agents of innovation podcast. And so if you just go to the Facebook search bar and type in agents of innovation podcast, you'll find us. And uh, please do share the link and uh, share it on your own Facebook page. If you're on Twitter, you can follow us at agent innovation Um, at Agent Innovation, and uh, send us some tweets. Let us know what you think of any of the episodes, uh, including this one. I always love to hear that. And we'll try to connect you with some of our guests as well. I also put um, a blog together for each episode, so you can find that on both the Facebook and Twitter pages and also on my website, franciscogonzalez.us backslash podcast. You'll see a whole section there on the podcast. So uh, looking forward to uh, connecting with you, and thank you so much for connecting with the Agents of Innovation podcast, and looking forward to another great interview here with our guest, Steve Bierfeldt. I want to welcome to the Agents of Innovation podcast, my longtime friend, Steve Bierfeldt. Steve, welcome to the Agents of Innovation
1: Cisco, great to be with you. Thank you.
0: Well, hey, Steve. Um, so you're now living in the Dallas area, but uh, I know you grew up in New York, right? You're out in Dallas?
1: Yeah, just north of Dallas. I'm um, here for uh, a little bit on contract, and I grew up in, uh, in the Northeast in New York State.
0: And you and I met, gosh, it has to be about uh, 10 or 12 years ago now, and you were... Uh, yourself. Yeah, we're dating. We're <laughs> both dating ourselves here. Um, but you were living in the Washington DC area and I um, worked for an organization that I did a lot of business there. And, uh, so, you know, we got to know each other then and we both worked uh, for different organizations that focused a lot on college campuses. And then, um, I know we wrote a book together with one of our other friends, Brendan Steinhauser. And, um, for purposes of other, uh, uh conversations, I'll just let people Google the book if they don't know what, what it's about. Um, but they can they can find it. But you and I really uh, have been involved a lot in politics and po- public policy, uh, things that dealt with college campuses and all sorts of things. Um, but you did a ten-year uh, kind of stint in that area of politics and policy, and you decided to go off in some other entrepreneurial directions since. And I'm just going to let our readers or our readers, our listeners. We're no longer writing books, Steve. Uh, We're now on podcast. Um, I've got got to adjust. Uh, But uh, Steve is the founder of a life and business coaching business called Live Smart Academy. And he's also the co-founder and managing partner of Exchange Marketing Group. Uh, He's currently serving as a CFO for a vitamin and sports supplement company in Dallas. He's the founder of a nonprofit called Americans for Travel Freedom. That really interests me. And, um, you know, among other things, uh, he owns real estate, serves as a part-time landlord. And your website, Steve, says that all in all, you live your life by one set main goal, challenge yourself. And so it sounds like with all on your plate right now, you're certainly living up to that goal. So let's start. Um, tell us a little bit about um, what happened since the last time I saw Steve Bierfeld in politics. Well, like you said
1: it's been – I guess 10 years in politics between finishing up in my college term and then working uh, in uh, the nonprofit world and since then, you know, since leaving college, I worked in nonprofit work. I worked in you know, high dollar fundraising. I did campaigns, local, congressional, senate, presidential, working for a state party, and after uh, one of my terms finished up about a year and a half ago, almost 2 years I had been in politics for about 10 years, and I had seen you know, the good, the bad, and the the, the ugly, the proverbial ugly, sometimes a lot more ugly <laughs> than everything else. And I said, you know what? I looked at the people around me, and I saw what I didn't want to be. I, I saw the guys who had spent all their time in politics, and we, sometimes we have a, a glamorous view of it. You know, I'm sure there are some good people in politics, but unfortunately, there are some bad people. And I said, you know what? I know what I don't want to do with my life. I don't want to be involved in this lifestyle anymore. So after about 10 years of that really being all that I knew as far as a career went and as far as my college education went, I said, no, I want a new challenge. So I picked up, sold all my stuff, uh, picked up a backpack, packed it full of stuff and traveled the world for about one year uh, all over uh, the U.S., uh, visited family, went to South America for a few months, Europe a couple times, back and forth to China, a couple islands, you know, some people have probably never heard of. And that was that year of travel. And then after that, I said, you know what? I want to get back into business. So I picked up and started doing some coaching, business on the side, some business auditing, things like that. And that kind of evolved into Live Smart Academy, livesmartacademy.com, which I offer lifestyle, personal finance advice, business auditing, coaching, all that stuff uh, through one of the projects on my website. And in addition to some of the other things that you did mention, I just like to challenge myself. I like to I like to you know keep sharp, keep your mind fresh. And whether it's a new business or a new job or starting a nonprofit, uh, it's it's something that you know you always got to be keeping yourself wise to kind of what's going around you. You know, too many people I feel are surviving their lives. You know, they're not really living their lives. They get, they get comfortable in a job, they get comfortable in a desk. They say, well, I'd really love to do that. That was the number one thing I heard when I traveled the world. What are you doing? Um, oh, you know, I'm traveling the world out of a backpack well, I, I wish I could do that. And my response would be, well, why can't you, you know, do you have, why, why can't you? Well, you know, I have this or I have that. And there were some good reasons, but a lot of it, it was just an initial aspect of internal fear. And we all have that. And from my perspective, you know, 10 years in the same job, same 10 years in the same career, picking up my stuff, selling all my stuff and say, no, nope, I'm just going to, you know, head to Europe for a few months, that can be kind of fearful, but I found that any job that I've left or any task that I had before me, the fear was never really as great as we thought. And I see that now with the current uh, you know, work that I'm in now here in, in the Dallas area, which I'm actually looking at leaving uh, to kind of face the next challenge, the next new project, and pick up and go and say, you know what? Who knows what the next uh, couple months or couple years will be, but if you challenge yourself, you'll keep your mind sharp, and it's never as, as scary as you think
0: it is. Well that had to be interesting picking up uh so after 10 years and you know just whether it's politics or whatever career people are in um you know you, over that time you build a lot of contacts and like you said things almost become a little easier a little more comfortable um and so I think there is a sense of fear from a lot of us that hey if I just pick if I just stop drop what I'm doing right now I've and go do something else like travel the world for a year Um, first of all, Steve, uh, where do you get the funds for that? And two, uh, what did you have a game plan at the beginning of that year? Was it going to be a year or did it just end up being a year? It it was
1: always a year. The goal was always to travel the world for one year and then decide at the end of that year, if I was going to do another year. So it was actually at least a year. Wow. And for me, after about 11 and a half months, it can get tiring and picking up and going. Every place you want to go is a day on a bus, a day on a plane, a day on a train, a day of security. You know, it, it can get tiring. So I decided I wanted to get back into business. That's kind of how I the, uh, the blog, which advanced into, you know, lifestyle and business coaching advanced, was I was traveling the world. And I said, you know what? I want to get back into business. And I started that, and I started picking up clients. Literally, my first client was via Skype uh, when I was in Chile. <laughs> just someone who wanted my advice and they offered to pay me. I said, huh, you know, there might be something to this, uh, regarding the funds. That's, that's the biggest question people ask is, well, how, how do you afford that? And it's not as expensive as you think. I did save money for it. I specifically saved money for the trip months before. And then I've gotten very good at what I, I call travel hacking, but it's a mix of frequent flyer miles using credit card points. Things like that, and things like the average person can do. I actually do that in my my lifestyle coaching, help people travel, you know, back and forth. Uh, the biggest story I tell people is I wanted to go to China, so I was encouraging my mother to go with me, and she's saying, oh, you know, it's too long, it's a 15-hour plane ride, and I said, well, you know, if we get to China, you know, what if we can go first class back? And she's like, huh, well, maybe I'll go then. And people say, oh, you know, that must have cost a fortune and if i would have purchased the tickets it would have each ticket back from china to new york was about $6000 so it would have cost us about $12000 in cash it ended up costing me 60 60 dollars in taxes because i had used the freaking flyer points that i had i had found a great deal i had managed to work the system got two tickets first class back it cost me 55 or 60 bucks in taxes it would have been 12000 if i bought it and that's the biggest that's the biggest uh you know, success story I've ever had, but there's no doubt when I was traveling the world, easily twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars worth of flights and trains and hotels and things like that that I got completely for free simply because I had planned out frequent flyer points and and credit card miles and things like that. And everyone thinks it's impossible, but that's actually a big part of of my business is coaching people through that. People who say, "Hey, I want to go to Hawaii in a year. You know, I've got three kids. How do I do it?" And it's going to cost me $20,000. And I say, no, it'll probably cost you two. Here's how we do it. So that's actually a big part of, of my coaching business is, is travel hacking.
0: Wow. Yeah. So um, I, I went to your website and, and you, there's a, a bunch of different things that you help people uh, live smarter through. And uh, I'll just read them all for a few, for, a few uh, for people. Make money, save money, time management, health, fitness, and mental wellness, traveling more, and challenging yourself and gaining confidence. So it seems like those are sort of the main six areas you help people with. Uh, I'm sure you kind of diversify and flexible are flexible with uh, each uh, client. But uh, tell me if, uh, if Francisco Gonzalez approaches Steve Bierfeld and says, Steve, I want you to help me live smarter. Um, what is the process of me uh, going what, – what, what process am I going through uh, to, be, to be helped? Well, you should definitely go to my
1: website, <laughs> livesmartacademy. dot com. I, I pitched it as that as well. That was step one. Of, I'm there, Steve. You're step one. So it's it's an academy, kind of like you're you're learning through the process. There's a ton of free stuff on the website. So it's not only like a paid coaching site. There's a ton of site uh, stuff that I give for free, as far as you know how to do this and how to do that. Um there's what I call the introductory anyone who's interested in coaching or says hey you know I want to I want to live smart as I say you know people have heard you know work smart not hard you know, right working right. hard is important but you want to work smart and that's how I kind of turned into live smart not hard your life doesn't have to be hard you don't have to wake up every day and say ugh I got to go to work today and what I touch on with people is the five aspects of your life and that's the five categories that I kind of group every aspect of your life into you've got your mental aspect you know your your mind. Keep your mind sharp. Your physical aspect, your body is your temple. You've got your financial aspect. You know you should you know have the financial means to do the things that you want to do. Uh, the other two, you got to go on my website and check out. But uh, the five aspects of your life are what I tell people to get a complete sense of how you want to improve your life. That's what I take people through, and it's really not as difficult as they think. And then if they want to. Engage in a, an actual, you know, coaching session. I have those options as well, where they can, you know, book an hour with me, or they can book a, a, plan with me, where I can work with them for a couple, couple months or more. And then, like I said, a lot of the content is free. Uh, I want people, you know, to correct themselves, and I want to help people with their lives, just as I've learned things from people who have helped me with my life.
0: Steve, are you familiar with the Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss?
1: <laughs> Very familiar with it. Uh, I read that book. About four or five years ago. Uh, there's a lot of the things that I, I do take as far as the uh, specific guidelines. I won't say that all of my material is completely, you know, I just came up with myself. Anyone who knows about lifestyle design and, and, you know, life improvement is familiar with Tim Ferriss. And as a rule, I try to read that book about once every six months to kind of keep my mind sharp again. So very familiar with it. And I, he's definitely had a, a lot of great stuff to read from
0: yeah, I got to confess, I read that book about uh, nine months ago, and I shouldn't actually say I've read the book because I still haven't completed it. Um, but I got it uh, in the first few chapters or so. The problem I haven't completed it is uh, he really makes you do some work. Uh, you, can't, you can't complete a cha- You can't go on to the next chapter without filling out some paperwork, uh, writing yeah. down some goals. And I think it's difficult, and I think sometimes that's kind of what made me even pause uh, a few times and say, gosh, what are my goals? You know, you think you know your goals until someone kind of forces the questions. And it um, also just uh, kind of readjust your thinking on like living life now. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I live in the moment or, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I think this really forces you because really a lot of us get stuck in routines and sometimes they're even healthy routines, right? Um, but th- but kind of trying to to challenge yourself to break out of that routine, you know, a lot of trainers, right? When you're uh, doing whether you're competing in a sport or you're lifting at the gym or whatever, they say you got to break out of your routines and continue to challenge yourself to get yourself stronger, or to get yourself, you know, faster or whatever, and uh, you know, doing different things. And, and a lot of us get stuck in those routines and other elements of our life. But um, well, this is a uh, very interesting, Steve. So you're now um, uh, helping people with uh, the time management. Tell me a little bit more. Um, are you you've had quite a bit of experience traveling um i love traveling um i thought i I, you know in fact a lot of friends of mine um uh, who see me all the time say francisco you're always traveling wow you've always going to a new place but then i look at steve beerfield's facebook page and instagram and i go well gosh i'm i'm not even anywhere close to keeping up with this guy so but what would you say about traveling what have you learned from traveling for people who get one or two weeks of vacation a year from their work, um, and maybe they've got family commitments and they're doing other things, they're going to weddings. But what would you what would you um, uh, recommend to people about traveling? And what have you learned from it?
1: First thing I'd recommend is if you get one or two weeks a year to take them. Uh, I don't know what you know. Every year the statistic changes, but Americans by far are. Outranking everyone else in the world where they don't even take their vacation. You know, however however many hundred million hours a, a year are wasted by Americans like, well, you know, I don't want to leave my job or it's too much work. Take the vacation. You've been given it. And in fact, to kind of couple that, I'd say if you are negotiating your terms with a new job or with the raise, consider less money for more time. You can always get more money, but you can never get more time. Your time is your most valuable asset to infinity. It is finite. No one ever looks back at their life and says, "Mm, man, you know, I really wish I would have spent more time at the office. You know, I really wish I would have done more memos, man. I really, I really wish that no one does
0: that. You know, it's funny when you, when you talk about time, Steve, I was, I was just telling somebody the other day, I have a ton of books and I love reading and, and I, and people are always giving me books as gifts. And I honestly, I stopped going into bookstores because I don't, I have too many books on my shelves. I, I just can't even get around to them. And so I told somebody, I said, hey, you know what, instead of giving me a book, can you give me time? Because that's something I just, uh, I need time to read the books, I need time to travel, I need time to do all those sorts of things. So yeah, what is it, you know, the other aspect, and and I want you to talk about traveling here as you get as you get to your point, um, but also where does that fit in with, with what you help people do with time management as well? But back to the travel.
1: Ta- yeah, <laughs> with the travel, like I said, take your vacation, but that's that's the number one thing. I mean, I I save money for the trip and people have asked me that, oh, you know, you could have made this investment, you could have bought another property, you know, I'm into real estate and rental properties, you could have done this with the money, you could have bought a, you know, down payment on a Ferrari. And what I said is, you know, no matter what happens in my life, that's a year that I would not trade for anything in the world. I'll never forget that. And, you know, people have different Aspects of their life. They're in different positions. Some people are married. Some people have kids. Some people are older. So not everyone has the same opportunities. Uh, but by and large, if you have any type of ability to travel, you should take it. And one of the main things that I learned specifically, as you know, as an American, was we have such a great opportunity. Call it blessing. Call it you know divine providence. Call it karma. Call it whatever you want. Opportunity that other people in the world don't have. We can literally buy a plane ticket now and get on a plane and go to you know 160 countries, 140 countries without a visa, without a waiting period, without anything. We just pick up and go. And so many people don't have that opportunity. And what I learned is we can think, we know about another country, another person, and another culture from what we see on television, what we see in the media, what we watch in a movie, we read about it in a book, but until we actually go there and experience that, it's a completely different entity. You know, things that you think about other countries, you meet the people from that and you say, "Wow, that's not at all what I thought." You know, and just like you know, people from other countries may have a different opinion of Americans because of Hollywood and because of you know politics and what they see on the news. And you know, if every everything they see on the news is a big story, that's what they think about Americans. Uh, but as an American, we're tremendously blessed to have that opportunity. And I would encourage everyone to go for it. You know, people in other countries don't have that opportunity. If you're really not into travel, hey, it's not for everyone. Don't feel like you have to do it. But pick up and go. I mean, if you talk with people from another country, you're going to realize, like, man, that's that's not what's on the news. That, that's not everything that I would taught in school. You know, this is what this country is like. Man, that's really different. And that was one of the big things that I took away from traveling the world. I didn't do too many touristy things. On occasion, I would. You know, I went to the Louvre, I saw the Mona Lisa, you know, I'd, I'd go to certain places in, in Europe and, and you know, South America. What I tried to do was things that were a little off the beaten path and at any given time, just simply talk with people. Like there was one day, um, you know, this is funny, my mother gave me a hard time about this, I was in Chile, I was in Santiago, and I Skype called her and she asked me what I did that day. And I said, well, I, you know, I walked down the street, I sat in the park for a couple, couple hours, I went to the mall, I bought a hot dog, Walk back, you know, you know, watch some other people and we're home. And she says, Oh, it's such a waste. You're you know, you're on vacation, you know, why wouldn't you do more than that? And I say, You know, mom, what better way to learn how people actually live than simply observe them? You know, we think we have to go into a church and we think we have to go see, you know, a play, or we have to, you know, go to another statue. There's only so many churches you can see before they all run together. But if you really want to see how a culture lives and how people exist. They're not too much different than we are. Go talk to them like they are. You know, talk to the cab driver who's driving you around town. Talk to the, the couple that's sitting on the street about you know how they met and, and how they're getting married and and you know how they're going to start their family. Go to the mall and simply talk to people. You know, talk to the guy selling hot dogs in the corner, whether you're in New York City or whether you're in Santiago, Chile. So little things like that we don't think of. We think of we have to go to this store, we have to go to this monument, we have to go to this place, but. Uh, that was a big thing that I learned from from traveling. Was each individual, you know, person and their culture is nowhere near what we've kind of pigeonholed them as, as far as the media goes, and as far as our perception of it. And it works both ways. You know, from from talking with people, people would come back to me and says, "Well, you know, from all I know about America is this, this, and this that I see on the news." But you know, talking with you, Steve, that's such a different perspective that I now have, and that's important. You know, that's important that you have that understanding and. Like I said, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. No amount of money uh, could could trade that experience. Something that I'll have, you know, my entire life.
0: Yeah, you know, I've I've had a similar experiences when you talk to people and you get to learn from them, and they learn from you. And it's it's kind of I kind of he said, you know, we'd solve world peace if we had a lot more cultural exchanges and people actually just learn directly from each other, and not what the politicians or the governments are talking about or the news is talking about. But um, you know, um talking about travel and trying to get out. And so, you know, I heard um, uh, you, you might be familiar with Arthur Brooks, the president of American Enterprise Institute, and he was giving a talk and, you know, this kind of goes along the theme of, of, of uh, many different, um, you know, kind of uh, there's kind of a new theme out there. I've, I've read some articles about people say, you know, uh, uh, buy, buy experiences, not things, you know, put your investment in experiences, not things. And Arthur Brooks was telling a story and, and kind of along the same uh, theme here, and he said, you know, many years ago when he, him and his wife were first getting married, they were moving into a new home or something and they wanted to get this really nice expensive couch and they had a decision to make, well, we can get this expensive couch or we can, you know, go on a vacation and I can't remember where it was, Paris or something like that. You know, we could go to some nice place. And the wife said, "Let's go on the vacation." And he said, "Well, no, I think the better investment is this couch. We're going to have it longer, right?" And it's going to be something, you know, we should probably put our investment in. Well, they decided to not do the couch. He's a smart man. Uh, and he he went and did the vacation. and said, you know what? Those, those couches came and go, gone, and we would have never had that. He goes, we will always have that experience of, you know, I think it was Paris or wherever he ended up going. And we have so many memories from that one week, things that, that will never be able to be purchased again. Um, and we were young and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. So we had the opportunity to do it. When we were healthy, and so I think um, you know that's a lot. You know, I, I was reading your um, your website a little bit, and I think Tim Ferriss has a lot of the same philosophy. Of people, so many people say, "Oh, I'll, I'll travel when I'm retired." You know, when I'm 65 years old, or whatever it is, um, or I'll work really hard and try to retire a little earlier so I can travel then. But um, you know, you're not exactly healthy uh, or as as fit and as mobile sometimes when you get to that age. I know we're we're all getting more healthier as uh, more technology comes into our lives and our world, but um, also you're waiting. You're waiting 30, 40 years. The world could be changing uh, and different things, uh, experiences could have been missed. Um, but a lot of it, Steve, comes back to, I think, one of the other things you focus on, and, and that's time management. And so how do you help people with time management? And w- tell us, what are some of the challenges you see uh, maybe your average client coming to you with on, in this realm? You hit the nail
1: on the head when you talked about memories. And that's what I talk to people when they say exactly what you've said. You know, I can work real hard or I can do this. I can buy this couch. And I tell them, you know, the thing about memories, memories never rust. You know, that that car is going to break down. That house is going to need a new roof. That couch is going to get holes in it. But memories, you know, they don't rust, they don't go bad. You'll always have those things. Uh, Time management, that's the biggest thing, is for me even more important than money. More important than anything else. I, I actually, what I, in addition to the aspects of your life, I have another segment that I call the five tools of freedom, and one of them is is time. Your, your time is is a tool that you use to have freedom in your life, and it's your most valuable asset, you know, to infinity. And what I help people with as far as managing their time is prioritizing. You know, if you if what's important to you, for example, is you've always wanted, you know, let's say a couch, or you always wanted a sports car that's okay. That's your priority, but you have to know what you're trading for it. And for me, my biggest priority is time. It's the reason that I charge clients. You know, if I wanted to do it for free, it's fine, but I could only have so much time to help them. Everyone places a value on their time. That's one of the main things that I help people with as far as valuing their time. What is your time worth? Literally, you know, per hour, what is your time worth? If you know, if you had a job, And you said, well, I could go work at McDonald's for six bucks an hour. You'd say, no, it's not worth my time. My time is more valuable than that. But whatever you're getting paid, you're accepting at the moment because you're trading your time for money. That's what a job is. You're trading your time, something that you'll never get back, for money to buy things. And what I help people with is, one, realizing their time does have value. Two, realizing that it may have a lot more value than they think. They're not stuck in their job. They don't have to do something that they're going to dread for the next 20 or 30 years. And then three, realizing that that time, which is finite, is not something they're ever getting back. You can always get more money, you can always get another couch, you can always get a big screen TV, you can always get, you know, fill in the blank, but you can never get more time. And if you have a goal, you know, I always want to go to Europe, or I always want to go to the Grand Canyon, or you know, I want to learn how to play the piano. I'll do it later. I'll do it, you know. Later, I'll do it, you know, when, oh man, when I retire, okay, when I'm 60, then I'll have money, then I'll go to Europe. Well, you don't know if you're going to be alive at 60. You don't know if your spouse is going to be alive at 60. You don't know if you're going to be physically able to walk up the stairs to the airplane at 60, much less walk across Europe. So there is a balance between, you know, spending all your money and living destitute at, you know, 25 or 30. But what I've found and what I've helped people with is that it's not necessarily an either or. You don't need as much stuff as you think. You can live a lot more frugally than you think. And if you focus on your time, which to me, I'm a little biased, is my top priority, you'll find that you have a lot more freedom to do some of the other things that you want with your life.
0: You know, you said something there uh, that's interesting. You can live more frugally. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tell me what you see, because I think we all, you know, there's there's so many things we have in our lifestyles now, and what are what are you seeing um, how people some of the common traits of how people could live more frugally?
1: People don't track their expenses actually I have it on on the the website and on the blog it's one of my free tools It's a budget tracker, and what I found is people always wonder, man, where did all my money go you know I, I make you know I make all this money, I don't spend a lot, but man, where did it go and any any financial blog will talk to you you know skip the you know skip the two dollar a day coffee and you'll save x, y, and z money. Tim Ferriss is actually funny about this. He talks about the, you know, the coffee or the five dollar glass of wine. You know, oh, if I don't have my five dollar glass of wine every night, I could do, you know, this with my money. And Tim Ferriss says, I'd rather have the wine.
0: Right. <laughs> I'd <laughs> rather have the wine.
1: Everyone is different. You gotta see what you're prioritized, but what I found with every single person, and this is there's no exception. There's no it's not an exaggeration. Every single person, every client I've ever talked with, every introductory call I've ever had with a client, they've given me the same things you know there's see, there's nothing else I can cut from my budget. I've gone through the entire budget, there's nothing else I can cut. I don't know what to do. And every single time I say, "Well, what about this? What about this?" What about this? And they say, "Oh, you know, I never I never realized that. And I'll find 100, 200, 500 dollars a month, no lie, that we can cut from their budget or that they didn't know they could cut to give them the freedom to do other things. And it's simply by tracking how you're spending. One of my budget trackers, for example, is literally a day by day tracker of every single thing you buy every single day. And it sounds overwhelming. Oh my gosh, how am I going to buy, you know, track all this stuff? When you think about it, you really don't buy a lot of stuff. You pay rent, but you only pay it once a month. You pay your cell phone bill, but only once a month. Yeah, you'll go out to eat, but even if you went out every day, it's only once a day. And in this budget tracker, you get a summary at the end of the week and two weeks every month about how much you're spending. So that's what I do with people as far as their budget goes and helping them live frugally is, number one, tracking where their money is going. Everyone thinks they have no more money. They don't know no solution. Let's, let's take it apart step by step by step, and let's determine if that's actually the case, and in every single instance that I've worked with people, i found it's not the case, and I've helped people you know create a better budget and save more money and have more freedom.
0: I'll tell you, it really does give you a lot more freedom. I probably started doing that 10 years ago. Um, keeping and you, <laughs> I keep track of every single expense. I sometimes think to myself, gosh, if the average person that knows me actually knew how much I track things, they might think I'm insane. Um, but it, but really, uh, I got that from another uh, book called Five Lessons I Learned About Life and Wealth from a Millionaire or something like that by Richard Paul Evans. And there's a lot of books like this. And, and you're also a coach at helping people live through this, but it's pretty simple, actually. It's it's amazing. In fact, that book was so quick and simple. I actually read that book. I've read it at least three or four times, at least every couple of years. I pull it back out and get myself back disciplined because you can always get better at that, even, even if you do track your budget and you could always get better at saying, what are my priorities? And, you know, again, this didn't come from me. Read this or heard this from someone, and they said, you know, the things you spend your time on and the things you spend your money on those are your priorities in life. Whether you think they are or not, that's actually your priorities because you, um, it's where you're investing, really, at the end of the day, all your time. Because as you said, uh, you're trading, when you have a job, you're trading uh, the time that you're doing that job for the money that they're paying you for it. So at the end of the day, the money is also time. Um, but the. It's true. Yeah, so wherever you spend your time and your money is really your priorities in life. And when you actually sit down and look at that, and you know it could be as simple as you know somebody who says, "Hey, um, you know," let's just say you expense a budget on you know what you spend on going out, and then you start breaking down that that eating out and drinking out, and then you might even start. I mean, a lot of people don't realize how much they spend on alcohol, <laughs> and uh, when you start yeah. looking at, oh my gosh, I've spent how many thousands of dollars this year on alcohol versus I could have done something else with that money. Um, you mm. really do, uh, realize, well, that's maybe a priority I need to adjust. Uh, but that could go for all sorts of, whether they're vices or just things that are, where you're kind of spending, uh, time on. I think, I think that's the case. You know, though, um, something you said, what about those of us who actually enjoy our jobs? Um, we have, we take fulfillment from it, you know, whether it's, working for a nonprofit or, I mean, I love working in the work we do in policy at the James Madison Institute. Um, a lot of people, you know, I know people that work in entrepreneurial ventures um, where they're building a business, but they're, they're doing something innovative. And they're, we've had plenty of guests on this program that seem to enjoy every moment of their jobs. Maybe not every moment. I'm sure there's some challenges, but uh, what about that? And and maybe those types of people, are saying, "Hey, I don't really want to leave my job to go on vacation because one, I love my job, I love what we're doing, and I want to spend every moment here, investing my time here." What, what, what would you say to those folks in terms of uh, taking a little break, taking a vacation, and traveling? And
1: I would say they, they've got it. You know, they hit the nail on the head themselves. but you mentioned prioritizing, and if you're if you love your job, which is very important, I would say if you hate your job. Then you definitely need to to go. <laughs> you need to think of going somewhere. Whatever you have to do, you don't want to wake up every single day and just say, Ugh, oh my gosh, again. If you love your job, you know, if you don't like to travel, and, I, and I've met people who don't like to travel, they just want to stay at home. They want to barbecue once every, you know, you know week or something. That's fine. Uh, I'd still encourage them to do it though. I would say it doesn't have to be, you know, a year around the world out of a backpack. You don't have to go to Australia. You don't have to go climb you know the pyramids or you know go to the great wall of china maybe for you travel is you know visiting that friend from college who lives two states away maybe traveling is you know seeing you know your your parents or your grandparents who live across the country you haven't talked to in a few years maybe it is you know once a month meeting up with a friend you know at his place or your place and, and having a drink or having a you know some coffee or something like that everyone is a little different and you're right as far as prioritizing. Find out what's important to you. Some people want, you know, a sports car. If you've been 5 years old and you've always wanted a Lamborghini and now you've got the means for it, I'd consider if you really, you know, should buy it, but if that's what you've always wanted, prioritize it. You know, it's not my priority, but everyone is a little bit different. I'd encourage everyone to travel just because they're going to have such a different perspective on the world and on the culture, you know, as Americans for example, you know, you take someone from, from Boston, Massachusetts, someone from Wisconsin, someone from South Florida, someone from, you know, Washington state and someone from Southern California, you're going to get a lot of different cultures. You're going to get people with different accents, different worldviews, different politics, probably different religious beliefs. It's amazing. The U S is so big. We kind of lose track of it because we're so used to it. I, I met one of the, one of the guys I met while traveling in Europe was a student who was doing the gap year uh, they do a lot of the in australia and uh, in great britain they finish up high school they don't go into college right away like we do they call it a gap year they take a year and they travel and he was saying he was going to visit the us for about a week i was like oh it's great where are you going he's like oh well i'm going to fly into new york and then uh, i think uh, probably later that day I'll, I'll go to boston and then i'll head down to miami And I'll probably go to Chicago. And he's saying all these cities. And I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, you know, that's a four hour flight, much less, you know, a bus ride. He had no idea. He hadn't even, I mean, he sees on a map the US is big, but it's such a different perspective. And we're so biased, you know, because we grow up in the US, we have access to so many things. We can pick up and go on a plane, even. It's pretty simple for us. Uh, For someone who loves their job, to get back to your question, I would tell them good, you should love your job. How can you love your job more? How can you make your life even better? How can you improve your life and live even smarter? Do you want more money from your job? Here's a way we can do it. And I've done that with people. I've taken through negotiation classes. I've taken through how to ask your boss for more money, how to negotiate a raise type of type of things. Uh, as far as the, the training that I do and as far as the coaching that I do, it's not uniform to each person. Everyone is, is a little bit different. There's no one you know, across the board uh, decision. If you love your job, that's great. You absolutely should. How can you make your job or how can you make your life even better? You know, how can you live even smarter? Whether it's financial, whether it's time freedom, whether it's the ability to you know do whatever you want.
0: Well, Steve, uh, you seem like you've you picked up from your job. You've traveled the world for a year. Um, you're a a good test case here for a lot of us to look at. Um, and then, you know, so you're the founder of, uh, live smart Academy that we've been discussing, but you also do a few other things. And I, I, um, if you wouldn't mind taking a few more minutes to talk about some of those other activities, uh, you're involved with. Sure.
1: What I started doing when I was coaching, it was getting into business auditing and actually how I had the, the current, you know, job that I'm working on now. Uh, which is, is actually probably coming to a close because I want a new challenge, is I got into coaching of auditing businesses. And I started auditing a business, and I came down, and they said, hey, you know, can you come on full-time? And we negotiated back and forth, and they made me an offer, and I said no, and they made me another one, and I said no, and I <laughs> they made me another one. So I had an idea of what my time was worth, and eventually we came to an agreement. Uh, I do uh, own or run a, a, a nonprofit group called Americans for Travel Freedom, Uh, Admittedly, it's something that I haven't had the time to work on as much as I'd like to. That's kind of stemmed out of my uh, distrust, we'll call it, for the TSA. Uh, Long and the short of it is that I was involved in the situation with the TSA about seven, eight years ago, it looks like, almost. And they stopped me for carrying cash to the airport, literally a bunch of dollar bills, uh, quite a few dollar bills. But And uh, they stopped me and they harassed me. And actually, I brought suit against the TSA. There's actually a formal— case. It's uh, Bierfeld v. Napolitano, Janet Napolitano, uh, former uh, DHS secretary, I, I believe. And uh, I won, actually. I, I brought suit against them, and they dismissed the case, and 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 we won. And TSA actually issued a formal policy change. Uh, I am really interested in, in real estate and investments. I'm actually looking at investing in uh, one of my local CrossFits uh, right now. Uh, so I like to keep myself sharp. That's the biggest thing that I, I take away from my life. And what I tell people is to challenge yourself. If you love your job and you love sticking at home and you just want to hang out with your family all day, then that's your thing. You don't have to pick up and go to China. You don't have to trade in your life for a job. You don't have to you know, travel the world out of a backpack, do what you love. Just make sure you're doing, you know, make, making yourself your best self. And for me, I like challenging myself just was, I was traveling the world for about a year, you know, after a year, I said, you know what, I want a new challenge. I want to get back into business. I want to keep my mind sharp. I want to see if I can conquer something else. And I got involved in the manufacturing industry of uh, vitamins and sports supplements, something I have absolutely no background in whatsoever until about six months ago. And for me, I just picked up and I went with it. And it was an amazing challenge. And I went from doing all the things that I had wanted to do with you know, my personal life and my business auditing. You know, I was calling vendors and I was negotiating prices of whey protein, and I was saving the company, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a month just by negotiating contracts, which they loved. They're like, "Wow, that's fantastic!" And for me, obviously, I love to do that. But for me, it was the challenge of, man, like, I'm really, I'm really helping the company. I'm really helping, you know, the, the people in the back, the other coworkers, you know, you know, stay solvent. Uh, it was a business that, you know, has had been struggling quite a bit, and it was getting back on track. So just keeping yourself fresh and keeping your mind sharp that's really what I love to do and that's what I really love to encourage other people to do as well you know just challenge yourself and, and see how much better you can make your life
0: well uh, Steve this has been very fascinating and I, and I think uh, I hope you're inspiring uh, uh, many of the listeners here on the agents of innovation podcast um, because it's you you, you you challenge yourself as a very entrepreneurial mindset towards really anything in life uh, not just starting a business but it's pretty cool that you've kind of made a business out of it. And you haven't just settled for that uh, business. You've also continuing to challenge yourself. And I I, I find it fascinating. Um, uh, One last question here. Uh, You mentioned you went into the vitamin and sports supplement business um, without knowing really anything about it, without ever working in that realm. What how did you do that? How did you walk into that business? What, what was your first steps to, 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 to get in there and and why?
1: Great question. What I would say is everyone's always worried, you know, what if I lose my job or, you know, what happens with this? I can't, you know, that's, that's one of the big things I tell people uh, when they're talking about, you know, challenging themselves. And I talk about challenging yourself is what's the worst that can happen. You know, when I left my career in politics, for example, for 10 years, I say well you know what what's the worst that could happen the worst that could happen is i travel the world for a year i spend all my money my my car breaks down you know my shoes fall off and i have to get a job back in politics i've done it for 10 years i know i can raise money i know i can help with campaigns i know i've worked in nonprofit work what's the worst that could happen i get back into politics and that's what i tell people is what's the worst that can happen and anytime you're looking for a job or you want to start a job what I tell people is, you know, people who are smart and capable and hardworking, they will always have jobs, even if they have to start the job themselves. And I knew that I was smart and capable and hardworking, and I knew that all the things that I've learned, how to treat people, how to deal with employees, how to negotiate contracts, how to be honest with vendors, how to put in hard work and time management, how to improve your data collection and your entries, everything is, is the same for any type of work that you're looking at. Hard work is, is good regardless of what you know uh, venture you're in. You, know, you need to manage your time properly regardless of whether you're in politics or sports supplements or accounting or anything. So I came in simply saying, all right, I know I need to save the company money. I know I need to improve sales. I know I need to get employees back on track. This is what I need to do. And I came at it simply from a line by line, individual item by item, Here's what I do the first week. Here's what I do the first month. Here's what I do in six months. And six months later, you know things were going much better. And uh, like I said, even though now I've, I'm looking to move on as far as the next new challenge and, and working with you know individuals and maybe people that I want to you know challenge myself to something else. I was very impressed you know with what some of the people there were willing to build and able to build. And you know, just don't be afraid. That's what I tell people is, you know, picking up and going into a new venture. People say, wow. well, I, I don't know anything about that. I'm so out of my league. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're, uh, if you want to get into medical school, I'd probably go to, <laughs> if you want to be a doctor, I'd probably go to school instead of just picking up a scalpel and walking in the yard. ER. You know, there's some things you need to have knowledge of, uh, but at the end of the day, if you're smart and capable and hardworking, you will always have a job. And if there's not a job there, you can create one. And that's what I tell people. Just don't be afraid and you know, challenge yourself and you know look look forward to making yourself the best you can be.
0: Well, Steve, I'm glad you put the disclaimer there so I don't have any future doctors coming and telling me they were inspired <laughs> by this podcast in that way. Um, but no, I really appreciate you being on the program. This has been a really a fascinating discussion. I think the lesson we take away from this is challenge yourself. I'm gonna look at challenging myself. Uh might spend a little time on your website, and uh who knows, Steve, you might be getting a call from me. Uh so but uh <laughs> If those of you that do want to check out Steve's website and learn a little bit more about how to live smarter, uh, go to livesmartacademy.com, and you can find a plethora of information there. You can learn a little bit more about Steve and probably even find some of his other ventures, including his travel adventures. I see he has a little world map up there uh, highlighting some of the countries he's been and encouraging you and some of the states and other places he's been in the U.S., and encouraging you to uh, maybe get outside of your – uh, box. I mean, we all have uh, boxes we kind of put ourselves in and uh, get outside of that and, um, and, and explore uh, a new challenge in your life, whether it's traveling or something else. And uh, hopefully we're, we're inspired here a little bit by you, Steve. So thank you so much uh, for being on the Agents of Innovation podcast. And we'll look forward to your future ventures. It was great to be with you. Thank you. Thanks, Steve.
2: not work here anymore And every time I go to speak They send me home with cans of beans To love myself and both the choices on my shelf I wonder, oh my, how did I my cool mistress says you wait for the things that you deserve so one